Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This morning, we looked at the answer of thankfulness, and we looked at the premise, the basis of this morning's message was that the answer to most of our problems is thankfulness. Um, the way to make it through things that are genuine difficulties, genuine problems is thankfulness. When life is hard, be thankful. When life is stressful, be thankful. When life is worldly, be thankful. When life is painful, be thankful. When life is full of care, be thankful. When life is doubtful, be thankful. And when life is over, be thankful. Um, But in Philippians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to understand the foundation of thankfulness tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, giving thanks always... For all things unto God. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. How many of you have heard that before? Right? And yet, when we get into a a really difficult time, genuine difficulty. I know uh, this morning I was talking about how people live in Africa and how we get to live a life that is so much better materially, and that's true. And yet, here in our materially blessed life, we still experience genuine trouble. And when we're going through that trouble, one of the problems, I know that most of the people in this room, you have, you're saved, you have been grounded in the Word of God through the preaching and teaching of this Word, through your Sunday school classes, through discipleship. You know God and you know God's Word. And when you get into trouble, here's what you say. I know I'm supposed to give thanks for this. I know what I'm supposed to do. I just don't think I can. Has anyone ever said that? That's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? And this is not... um, When you're in that situation, the last thing you need is for somebody to make you feel guilty for not being thankful. Right? God still loves you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Romans chapter 8. So the last thing you need is for someone to make you feel guilty. That's not what this is about tonight. But what I want to talk about is the foundation of thankfulness. What is the basis for thankfulness? The basis for thankfulness is humility. It's humility. Look at First uh, Kings chapter 18 with me. First Kings chapter 18. While you're turning, remember what's happened. Elijah, God's prophet, has come before uh, Ahab and the prophets of Baal and has challenged them to a contest. Ahab and 400 prophets of Baal. That's chapter 18. In chapter 17, verse 1, the Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, 
As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So what God had told Elijah was he was going to stop the rain. And Elijah, as the prophet of God, stops the rain as the Lord God lives. Then he battles the uh, prophets of Baal. And if you look at verse, chapter 18, verse 37. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Remember what had happened? He, the, the prophets of Baal had tried to call down fire from heaven for theirs, and they'd cut themselves and they'd cried, and, and Elijah had mocked them. And that's what the Bible says, right? And Elijah mocked them. I was listening to uh, uh, Back to the Bible, and um, what's his name? Woodrow Kroll was on there, and he's got a, a girl now that hosts it with him. And so she, was, she said, they didn't... Now, now, does that really mean mock? And Kroll said, well, no, not in the way that we would think of it. Well, is your God on a vacation or taking a nap? That sounds like mocking to me. What do you think? He, that was not reverent. Oh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, sirs. Possibly your gods are taking a nap. Uh, maybe we should wait. Was that his attitude? No, he was mocking them. Anyway, that's a different message. So they had poured, when, when it came time for his God, the God of Israel, to answer, he wanted to demonstrate how good his God was. So he had him dig a trench around the sacrifice and pour water over the sacrifice and fill the trench with water. And he called down fire. So that's what's going on here. All right. Verse 38. And the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Man, you've got to have hot fire to burn up the dust and the stones. Amen? That's our God. He is a consuming fire, is what the Bible says. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Now, you should have a paragraph marked there. There's something new that's going on. Verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat, and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and put his face between his knees, and said unto his servant, or said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked, and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. 
And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So here's what's happened. He has just come through the great battle. The, the battle against the prophets of Baal. And he understood the power that he had as a man. He was so popular and so powerful at that time that if Elijah had chosen to, he personally could have taken over the government of Israel. That's how powerful he was. He had stopped the rain in chapter 17. Now he has overcome the, the prophets of Baal. And now he has told him the rain will start again. And here it comes. Here comes the rain. And it's interesting. Ahab, the king, the one who should have been on his face, worshiping God, goes up and drinks and eats and life is good. And the man of God, the one that had so much power, what does he do? He puts his face in the dust and he worships God. What was the key to Elijah's life? What was the key to Elijah's power? It was a life of humility. It was humility. When you read through 1 Kings and you look at the life of Elijah over and over and over again, you see him on his face before God. Now, it's interesting. You'll hear, uh, I, I hear so many people today talk about Elijah and they describe him as having a depressive personality. And when you look at the life of Elijah, you find ways to overcome your depression. Now, let me say this. Depression is a very real thing. I don't want to make light of it. It's a very real thing. Um, that wasn't what was going on in Elijah's life. It's not depression when somebody tells you they're going to kill you and they have the power to kill you and they start chasing you. That's not depression. That's fear. You say, wait a minute, he's the prophet of God. He had such great power. He was still just a man. So understand that the key to Elijah's power was humility. And the, the, the foundation of our thankfulness is humility. Look at Galatians with me. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one. In the spirit of meekness considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's the verse that really does um, encapsulate our desire to pray for one another's families, that they can be saved. Amen? We need to bear each other's burdens. Then verse 3, For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Is that what the Bible says? That violates every self-help book in the world. Don't you know? You're somebody. You have the power within you. And if you recognize the power that you have within you, you can do anything. But what if you're stupid? All that stuff is garbage. Do you know what I am? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I do not deserve to take another breath, let alone have a blessed life. 
let alone have something good come into my life. I ought to be thankful for every good thing that's in my life. Every struggle, every trial that makes me stronger, that helps me trust God, that helps me lean on you guys. All of those things, I need to be thankful for that. The opposite of that is, how could you do this, God? It's amazing how many people, when trouble comes, they're like this to God. What's even more amazing is that God lets us do this. The key to thankfulness, the foundation of thankfulness is humility. Humility. Look with me at... uh, Oh, let me say this. The foundation of humility is a recognition of who you are. Look with me at Psalm Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the flesh, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. The psalmist is saying, Lord, you created everything. You made us a little lower than the angels, and yet you crowned us with glory and honor. You put all the animals under us. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. You see, the foundation of thanksgiving is humility. And the foundation of humility is a recognition of who you are. That we are just lost sinners. And the only reason that we have that dominion is because God gave it to us. Look at Psalm 103. An amazing picture of our state. Look at verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. He remembers that. That we are dust. The foundation for thankfulness is humility. And the foundation of humility is a recognition of who we are. Imagine if you're sweeping up the house and the dust starts yelling at you for how you're sweeping. Oh, can you keep it down? What what would you think of that? First of all, you'd think there's a demon. (laughs) There's, There's something weird happening. And yet, you understand we are dust? Is that what the Bible says? That's what we are. Does dust 
have rights. Do you know what the right you know what right dust has? The right to be swept up and thrown into the bin. Do you know what right man has? The right to be swept up and cast into an eternal fire apart from God. Now, how many of you knew that already? And yet we still get our feelings hurt. We still look at God and shake our fist at Him. And maybe not actually, but in our spirit we get bowed up about the way life is treating us. Because we think we deserve better. And that's why we can't be thankful always. How many of you know somebody that they really are thankful all the time? You know somebody that's like that. Man, it's rare. And it stands out. And those of us that want to win our families to the Lord, you know that that thankfulness might be a way to do it? When they see the way that you handle hardship. Look at uh, John chapter 3. The foundation of thankfulness is humility. The foundation of humility is knowing who you are. But the foundation of our future is based in who He is. Look at John chapter 3. And verse 30. This is John the Baptist. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth. And no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son of the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You see, John understood because of his greatness as a prophet. Remember what Jesus said about him. Of all men born of women, there is none greater than John. How about that? That's an endorsement. And yet John said, he must increase and I must decrease. He said, he is from above. I am earthly. What was he saying? I'm dust. I'm dust. The foundation of our humility is a recognition of who we are. But the grace of God is the revelation of who he is. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 45. This is an amazing passage of scripture. I personally think it's one of the most amazing passages of scripture. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut and sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. 
For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. Now look at this. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. Can you believe that? Cyrus, the king. God is going to use Cyrus, the king, to subdue nations. He's going to give him hidden treasures, treasures of the darkness, secret treasures, unbelievable power. He's going to anoint him and call him by name. Cyrus doesn't even know who he is. Sometimes we wonder, why does God use this person? Or why does God allow this person to be in power? Because God has a plan and he never asks my opinion. Do you know why he never asks my opinion? Look at the next verse. I am the Lord. There is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, thou, thou, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside thee, beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. You see, the foundation of our thankfulness is humility. The foundation of our humility is the recognition of who we are. And honestly, the foundation of our genuine thankfulness ought to be in result to the amazing grace of the one true God, not only wanting to know us, but choosing to love us and give us abundant grace and mercy. Amen. You know, I know that I complain way too much. And I know that God has been so good to me. I have no reason ever to complain. You know, the only reason we ever complain <clears throat> is because we think that we deserve better than we're getting. Can I tell you something? Can I promise you something based on the authority of the Word of God? God is good and doeth good. Amen? The foundation for thankfulness is humility. The reason that we do this is because we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. The grace of God, though, is He knows our frame that we are but dust. He still loves us. He remembers us. He pities us as a father does his children. Do you know what we really need to do? Why don't we make this Christmas season the greatest Christmas season ever? Do you know what we need to do to make it the greatest Christmas season ever? Number one, we need to be thankful. Number two, we need to keep our wanter under control. Amen? We need to teach our children to keep their wanters under control so that they can genuinely be thankful to God. Let me tell you this story and I'll be done. <clears throat> At our house, my mom and dad's house in Indiana, how many grandkids are there, 16, 17, something like that? Too many. 
Um, at Christmas time, the family wanted everybody to buy everybody presents. And so there are five kids and then my parents. So each child was getting at least six presents on Christmas morning at my mom's house. And here's what they would do. It would come to their turn and they'd rip the paper off and throw the present behind them and grab the next one. We couldn't take it anymore. We said, don't buy our kids anything else. They didn't like that. So we said, we just won't come on Christmas Day. We we love you guys. We'll come another time. We're not going to participate in this. Can you picture the scene? But you know the way that I am? I get something, and I rip the cover off it, and then I throw it behind me and say, what's next? When I need to stop, moment by moment, all the way back to our original text, Ephesians chapter 5, giving thanks always for all things unto God. Amen? Let's not teach our children to be covetous. Let's not teach our children to be idolatrous. Let's teach our children to be thankful. Amen? What a great testimony that will be to our lost families. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much.